dear listener, welcome to the podcast Holding Space. We are your hosts, Aminata Cairo and Winnie Rosenval. In this podcast, we take you along exploring my new book, Holding Space, a storytelling approach to trampling diversity and inclusion. This book is dedicated to offering a new, alternative perspective on engaging a world strive with questions and challenges. I wrote this book specifically for you, the audience, with the hope that it can be a gift that you can put to good use. We have invited some of you, the audience, to explore some of the chapters of this book with us. What does this book mean to you, to us? What can it mean and how does it translate into action? We hope you will stick around and enjoy these conversations. For today's episode, Aminata and I invited Miriam and Grace. Miriam Marte is a coach, student, mom of three, living in Suriname and believing that one simple hello could lead to a million beautiful things. Grace, Engracia Veldwachter, is the owner of Dynamic Therapy and Anki's Juice. It is her mission to empower people and provide them the tools to empower themselves. She goes by the motto, your story is your strength. Before we start this episode, there's something you need to know. Since some of the guests in these episodes aren't native English speakers, some of them chose to share their stories or answers in Dutch. Aminata will then translate them. So if you don't speak Dutch and hear a language you don't understand, then now you know what's happening. Please enjoy this episode. So welcome everyone to this conversation about gezelligheid. We're gonna have a really gezellig conversation with, of course, Grace and Miriam, all the way from Suriname, and Aminata. Uh, welcome all. Thank you for joining. Thank you for being able to have this conversation with me, with us. I'm really curious because... Well, we laughed a lot just a few minutes ago about gezelligheid. But maybe you can tell me something about how it was for you to read about gezelligheid. What was the first thing that came in mind while reading? The first thing that uh, came in mind about gezelligheid was what a joy reading it. It was uh, easy written. A few words I had to look up hmm. for uh, English is not my native language. Hmm. It makes me think about gezelligheid. Hmm. Yes. <laughs> and can you tell me something about what resonated the most while reading? What resonated the most while reading was uh, the thin line uh, between gezelligheid and ongezelligheid. Hmm. Because there is a, it's like a, like a stretch. The one minute it can be gezellig and then something can happen and it's ongezellig. Mm -hmm. And I never thought about it that way. And the examples, were they recognizable? 
Yes, uh, very. Uh, of course, the part about uh, living in uh, the south of Amsterdam, the upper class, and uh, going uh, to the working class uh, in the Jordaan. Hmm. I know uh, some people in the Jordaan, I know gezelligheid is their utmost, uh, uh, and um, I know about the snobs in uh, Amsterdam South. So I know, I know the difference. Yes. Let's keep it I, I could feel the difference. Yes, yes. It was like, it, 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 like I was there. Like, like yes. Miriam is my cousin. Mm. And so when I think about my youth of gezellig, I think of going to their house. Mm. You know, that was the ultimate of gezelligheid. You know, my, my, you know, my, my aunt and uncle had seven children. I just had my brother. So it was just like, ah, you know, we're going to the land of fun. Going to visit our cousins was like a major thing mm. and, and only good memories. So she represents your to me. And, that's you know, that's, you know, you, you already know, you already met her. So <laughs> she brings it. But also what she and her family stand for, for me, that safe haven that, you know, mm. it, it's always good when you when you go there. So yeah. that's really nice, nice. Uh, to hear that. Yeah. Good. That's beautiful. A shared, well, shared memories, shared <laughs> experiences. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Grace, yes. I want to ask you actually the same question. What was the first thing that came up when you read this chapter about gezelligheid. Um, it gives me a whole other perspective about the word uh, gezelligheid. Mm. And then I think by myself, what will I do if I if I have mm. been in the same situation? Yes. Would I be the one that that um, that speak up? Mm. Or did I um, be the one that, that say nothing and... Yeah. and So it make, makes you think uh, about your own response in a similar situation. Yes, yes. And you also said something interesting because you said, okay, um, it changed my perspective on gezelligheid. Yes. Can, you, can you explain a bit what you mean with the, the, the um, difference in the perspective? Uh, when I think about uh, gezelligheid, I think uh, of laughing and make jokes mm. and, and, and do... Uh, much of uh, crazy things. When I read this, I remembered there are also um, times that mm. it's not always laughing and funny and 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 uh, those kind of things. But these are really uh, situations that 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 also happen mm. when you talk about gezelligheid. Yes. So in a way that there are mechanisms that wants to keep the gezelligheid while things are going on that aren't gezellig for some of the people in the room. I mean, Ata, I think that's also in your chapter. Maybe you can elaborate a bit yeah. on that. Yeah, Yeah. so I'm writing about it as a, as a special part of Dutch culture. And it's so tricky because it is about feeling good mm. that it's hard to think of gezellig that it can be something bad, mm. but it can be, but it can be oppressive. It can limit your participation or your response. Oh, but if I do, then it's not gezellig. So let me not say anything, you know, that that's how strong it mm. can be. So it stops you from speaking up or speaking out. Um, and also that, um, 
particularly those in the in the dominant position are are a little spoiled into thinking that it should always be gezellig for them you know those of us who are in the other position those of us who are used to being overlooked or marginalized we know what it's like when stuff is not gezellig Mm -hmm. you know so we don't fall apart but those who are used to well of course everything works for me and therefore it should be gezellig the moment stuff gets ungezellig for them they fall apart yeah you know so, but you also uh, write yes. about it as as an, a, a powerful force that can paralyze. Yeah. yeah. Is that yeah. what you also was talking about? Yeah, I mean, as, as a me- you know, that's, that's the idea behind the mechanism, you know, mm-hmm. and also that that you don't even notice it. But it's so normalized, but it's a very powerful mechanism to keep people in line. Yes. Because, of course, you know, we wanted to have gezellig and everybody agrees on that. Therefore, you will behave in a certain way because you don't want people to say, oh, well, that's not gezellig. <laughs> so <laughs> so you will fall in line or you will keep quiet, yes. you know, and, and it's so tricky because it's about feeling good. And of course, everybody wants to feel good all the time. Therefore, you know, you better shape up and <laughs> do what is expected. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. That's the feeling that I had when I read the chapter about uh, the teacher and the slave auction. Mm. I was so paralyzed and it was like I was in that classroom. I could hear hear the silence. I could, I I was there and it paralyzed me. And then I thought to myself, but why? Why am I paralyzed? I I need to speak up. But that moment that I didn't, it, it was so confusing for me. One such incident was when I was in graduate school for my master's in clinical psychology. I had to take an elective, and since I had had a double major in psychology and physical education as an undergraduate, I decided to take a physical education course. I decided on sports marketing. At the time, I had a teacher's assistant position as an assistant swim coach. The coach called me over. Don't you know who this man is teaching the class? He hates blacks and he hates women. Don't take the class. I didn't even think about it for a split second. Of course I was going to take the class. After all, if I am a good student, it should not matter what I look like. I will just deliver excellent work and it will not make a difference. Well, I cannot say that I wasn't warned. The man was as stereotypical old boy Kentucky as ever was possible. Think big, white stereotype of the old South, gentleman-like, but very set in his ways. This was his last class teaching before he was to retire. He started every class reminiscing about American football from the 1940s and 50s and complaining about how Title IX had messed things up. I knew I was in trouble. Don't say I wasn't warned. I just focused on doing my best and tried to ignore the rest. One day he came to class carrying a box with yellow stained papers. He started handing them out. 101 ideas for fundraising. As I received my paper and started reading, my eyes stopped at number 73. Slave auction. Slave auction, I said out loud as the teacher was still walking through the class handing out papers. I said it not angrily, 
but with an incredulous, are you kidding me, tone in my voice. How old is this piece of paper anyway? I continued. I looked up and around, for sure expecting my fellow students to be as shocked by this as I was, but it seemed as if time stood still, as if the air was sucked out of the room. The room was dead silent, and everybody stared intently at their paper. I know, because I did a 360 looking around the room expecting somebody to make eye contact with me and join me in this questioning. Ah, don't make a big deal out of it. It just means that you rent somebody out for the day. Don't be so sensitive. And he continued handing out his papers. I was quiet for the rest of the lesson. So were my fellow classmates. When we left the class, most people didn't look at me and seemed to walk away from me a little faster than usual. A few came up to me and sheepishly whispered that they thought that what had happened was awful. That whispering thing again. I wasn't mad at my teacher. I knew what he was about. I had been warned after all. I was deeply disappointed in my fellow students, however, and something shifted in the way I looked at them and how I related to them. If before I had feelings of being part of the group, that illusion was totally shattered. Shocked and silenced, but I think it's because the part where they do come to you, well, a few of, of your fellow students yeah. did, and whisper, like, yeah. you are right, yeah. I agree, this is horrible, but yeah. don't speak up. Yeah. I think that's yeah. really painful. and. I, because I recognize this kind of situations. So I yeah. think that's really, yeah, harm. You feel lonely <laughs> when you have the yeah. courage to sp say this out loud, you know, because you're over, it's crazy. Slave auction yeah. in the 90s, like yeah, as yeah, a fundraising yeah. activity. Wow. Activity. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, Not well, okay. that's interesting, <laughs> right? It's still yeah. in there. Yeah. Okay, he was an old man, an old white Kentucky, you know. Hmm. I was warned about him. <laughs> so yeah. it wasn't even about him. No. But it was about my peers. Mm -hmm. You know, it was about my peers and about the disruption of my relationship with them as yeah. a result. You know, because I was like, okay, fine, you're useless to me, hmm. right? You, you know, whatever. And, and that's so unfortunate. Yeah. And and so looking back to not judge them, but to understand how powerful this mechanism, that mechanism is that yes. keeps us divided. Exactly. You know, yeah. this this, you know, I I will make you that uncomfortable that you will remain silent. Yeah. That's how powerful because it's that, you know, we want to mm -hmm. keep it gezellig. Yes. You know, this is not gezellig. So and everything shuts down. Yeah. I hear a lot of yes next to me. So, Grace, maybe you want to react on this. It sounds like it's really... <laughs> Millie, you recognize a lot, I guess. Well, that's my assumption, maybe, but... <laughs> Wat heel erg resoneerde is dat er een situatie is. En dat je dan er eigenlijk alles aan doet om je aan te passen. Om maar in de groep te blijven horen dat je je ervan bewust bent dat er zeker wel veranderingen zullen plaatsvinden. 
maar dat je eigenlijk nooit had gedacht dat het risico zo groot was. En dat je eigenlijk, dat er een vorm van uitsluiting, een hele heftige vorm van uitsluiting plaatsvindt. So what she's saying is what resonated to her, this idea of, of conforming to the group and how powerful it is and how far it will go to the extent that, you know, you, you adapt to the norm and, and thereby start excluding mm. and never thought about the level of risk that is involved uh, when you break through that. Eigenlijk kijkt niemand meer gek op van dit soort gedragingen. Mm. Het worden gewoon automatisch normen, geldende normen, geldende waarden. En het wordt eigenlijk alleen maar sterker. Mm. Want het wordt in stand gehouden. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. En hoe meer het in stand wordt gehouden, hoe, ster- hoe, hoe, ster- ja, hoe sterker en hoe meer draagvlak het, het krijgt. Ja, yeah, so, so Grace is saying... Uh, talks about the normalization of this process and it becomes more and more normal and we don't question and and the more normal it becomes then the broader uh, it becomes. Ja. Mm. Yeah. 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 En er zijn er hele simpele voorbeelden hoor. Bijvoorbeeld aan het werk. Als je, als je uh, niet uh, meegaat om te roken. Mm. Je hebt een half uur pauze. En je maakt gebruik van je pauze. Maar tussendoor... De, gaan de rokers, die gaan steeds even naar buiten om te roken. Dus die hebben langer dan een half uur pauze. Als je niet meegaat, dan ontstaat er ook een sfeer dat je niet gezellig bent. <laughs> en dat je eigenlijk systematisch, dat er minder met je wordt gesproken, je wordt minder betrokken bij wat dan ook. Ja. En dat heb je ook met borrels na het werk, et cetera. Ja. Ja. Yeah, so Grace gives an example of at work. So for instance, you have a half hour break at work, but then there are those who smoke and because they smoke, they have extra breaks because they have to go out and smoke. And so that then in a way becomes its own group and and you're expected to join. And when you don't join, then that's not gezellig, but then it continues. And so more and more, you're less part of that group you don't get included so even after work when it comes to social exchanges you know you more and more you're being left out from that group yeah yeah Miriam ik zie jou ook je hoofd schudden yes besides uh, <laughs> being left out of the group I'm picking up a step further is what it did to me and mm. that's what irritated me mm. because after reading the part I had to sit down and let it sink in mm-hmm. OMG what is happening here This is not the person I am. This is not the person mm-hmm. I want to be. I want to speak out. I know that I am yeah. that person that's speaking out. I'm not paralyzing. No mm-hmm. way. But still, my first feeling after reading was paralyzed. Shut mm-hmm. up. Uh, look down. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what it did to me. Yes. And, and I think and, and it's not okay. Not okay. He is not okay. I have mm-hmm. to speak up. <laughs> no. And, yeah. No. And, And Miriam, Not going to agree. Yes. This feeling that you had after reading the chapter, mm-hmm. you don't recognize that with your normal reaction. If I listen to you now, no, because I'm a. I, I thought. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's what I say. It 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 got me thinking about myself because I thought I was the person that was going to speak up. I was. I was. Aminata in that in that classroom. Yeah. You know, but still my first yeah. intention mm. was to to not speak up. 
And that's not okay. So mm-hmm. I, I thought yeah. by myself, oh, there's some work you got to do there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. well, thank you for that. Because that's, yeah. that's, and that's exactly the whole point that mm-hmm. yeah. we underestimate, mm. we underestimate how strong these mechanisms work yes. yeah. and how conditioned we are. And that's what we're talking about. It is so normal. And you yeah. go along and it's not later. Wait a second. Wait, what? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So, so this work is the recognition and then, and then you have to forgive yourself because, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, I can't believe because I really thought for sure that I was yeah. not, yeah, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. And, and, you know, and, and in this work, that's why this, this book is about another approach to this whole diversity and inclusion work because a lot of times, yeah, when you lay down, of course you're going to speak up. Hmm. You think mm-hmm. because you underestimate yes. how it really mm-hmm. works. And when you really start looking at how it works, like, oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. You know, how mm-hmm. do I work through that when it's, when it really happens? Happens, yeah. yes. Yeah. It, easy, it, yes. it is easy to read about it or to, like think that you are you will react in in all these situations mm-hmm. the way you think you mm-hmm. will react but at exactly what you say when it really happens to you there are so many because this is one mechanism but i believe there are a lot of mechanisms that keep right. the the status like like it is why we yeah. are paralyzed or uh, scared or whatsoever to speak out uh, to speak up and yeah. and let yeah. our voices be heard yeah yeah. Yeah, and 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 then the follow-up section is, you know, so you have that in itself, but the follow-up is then where I was. So there's a whole group of people. I just wrote them off. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm done with you. Yeah. You yeah. can't handle me. You can't stand beside me. You don't mm-hmm. have my back. Yeah. You know, and you can do that. And then you've cut off a whole bunch of people that potentially might stand with you, but they have to learn and they you have to, to be yeah. sensitive to where they are. Yeah. And so, so that's so there's so, so that's part of the work too. That just because I recognize it, then I cannot just put everybody, Expect, throw everybody no, else yeah. who doesn't get it to mm-hmm. the side. Yeah. But be patient and sensitive and work with them and give them a chance and okay, you know, and that's work. Mm-hmm. D- mm-hmm. You know, to extend grace, mm-hmm. to extend grace to others, but also to yourself. You know, because like Miriam saying is is. I got to do some work on me. And I, and yeah. even just like, oh my gosh, I actually did it. I, st- I stood by when stuff happened and I did nothing. And I have to live with that because that's not the person who I thought I was. And so before I can move on, I have to stand and, and own that. And what does that mean? So that next time it can be different. And so I'm not stuck into like, oh, I'm so terrible. I'm horrible. I'm this, I'm this. Okay, okay, okay. No, you're a human being. Mm-hmm. You're a human being. You got caught up in the conditioning. You got caught up in the okie doke <laughs> The way it was intentioned, because this is this is how it was intentioned. That's yes. why it's a mechanism. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, so you're like everybody else, okay? Mm-hmm. You know. And so that's so there's the work that you do for the group. There's the work that you have to do for yourself. Mm-hmm. And and this whole idea of extending grace. Mm-hmm. But you but you know but you first have to understand how it works. Well, this yeah. is one of the ways. So gezellig. <laughs> but, but it's also okay, and uh, I have to accept that it's okay for not to be gezellig. That yeah. that's okay yeah. to be ungezellig. Yes. Mm. You know, and that's the, what I said in the beginning. The thin line, thin line between yes. going from gezellig to ongezellig yeah. in a yeah. minute. Yeah. It could be yeah. ongezellig, mm-hmm. and that's yeah. also okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what we have yeah. to accept. And that you can be, 
strategic about it, mm-hmm. you know, because the other thing yes. that I wrote about in that chapter is when I was in that meeting with those diversity officers and it's like, okay, I know if I'm going to say this, it's going to be ongezellig. So I'm looking at the clock. Okay, I'm going to time it at exactly that time. Yeah. Then I'm going to drop this bomb <laughs> because it's going to be ongezellig and then I can leave. And, uh, you know, yeah, but it needs to be, you, can, you, you know. As a diversity policy worker in the Netherlands, I attended a national diversity officers meeting. My partner and I were the only temporarily employed staff there among the officers of the various universities. As such, we did not have any decision-making power, and I wondered why we were there. We were also the only two people of color there. Well, there was a third person who was an immigrant and non-Dutch, but made it known that they did not want to be regarded as a person of color and was against any kind of ethnic labeling. An interesting take for a diversity officer, but I was just there to listen. As the conversation progressed, I was not impressed. People talked about their respective policies, which were scant, non-existent, or addressed gender only, meaning the presence or absence of white women. My belly started to burn the more I listened. My ancestors' way of signaling to me that I would have to speak up. I knew they were right. I also knew that it would be an ongezellig moment for sure if I did. I looked at the time and decided to speak at exactly 10 minutes before the meeting was about to end. I listened and started to get ready for what I was going to say. I just focused on the main message I wanted to pass on. It was not my goal to slam them or to hurt them, but they needed to be aware. Mama Walks on Water had instructed me on how to come from a loving place, but to use my voice unapologetically to make a difference. This was one of those moments. Tapping into the compassion demonstrated by my auntie, I opened up at exactly 10 minutes before the end, stating, before we go, there is something I need to share. I didn't talk too long, just stated what needed to be said. I started by saying how painful it was to sit there and listen to them. I told them in no uncertain terms that when they talked about gender, they were talking about women and not women who look like me. I also told them that they would need to think about that when they went back to their respective campuses and needed to figure out a way to address that. It was eerily quiet after I finished talking and then it was time to go. Sometimes you need to take the opportunity and in this case, a moment of ongezelligheid to create a crack to make a statement. All in all, our understanding of gezelligheid is that a cultural construct that is so focused on feeling good can be at the same time a force to help maintain the dominant and the other divide. It disrupts stuff and yeah. sometimes you yeah. need to disrupt things. So, yeah. so how can I make it most ongezellig so that will shake people up? Mm-hmm. But my timing has to be right. Yes. It, yeah. It's not about destroying people, but it is about, but you do have to know. Yeah. And I do have to make you aware and I do have to make you uncomfortable. And so, yeah, so you can use it yeah. wisely. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Sit with That's it. the second time yeah. you had me uh, shivering and thinking about myself. <laughs> Why do you have to time it? It's 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 just crazy. Yeah, you should be able to to speak up whenever you want to, Mm. but no, you have to time it like ten minutes before leaving and then drop that bomb. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's also not okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But still, we need that yeah. strategy yeah. to also yeah. maybe take care of ourselves, right? In this situation, yeah. Yeah, or yes. you in this situation, yeah. Aminata. Yes. Yeah. Because you know you're going to disrupt. You know you the people will think it's ongezellig or they are uncomfortable whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, They can sit with it by themselves without you yeah. <laughs> being mm-hmm. in the room. You're allowed. It's okay. But you can do it by yourself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then it brings yeah. uh, things in balance. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's also about... I'm going to disrupt. I'm going to make it uncomfortable, but I'm doing it from a place of caring. It is because I care yes. about you, because I want yes. you to do better. It's not because I want to hurt you or because I want to destroy you. No. Mm-hmm. You know, because there are some people who just want to get revenge or get back or whatever. So, <laughs> and therefore, I'm going to be very strategic about it. I'm not just going to throw yeah. this bomb and let the chips fall as they may. But, no. okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, you know, shake you all up a little bit. <laughs> and then you are right. Sit yes. with it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but and maybe you within a just month, you have to look at my face, and then you would see that <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to drop this bomb. <laughs> it is coming. <laughs> so I also talk about being very calm yes. and breathing. <laughs> I'm learning. I'm learning. Yeah. You're learning yeah. to breathe <laughs> and to be calm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah, because now I'm that volcano that just goes, you know. Yeah, you yeah, see right. it in my face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. En wat ik echt me dan ook echt meeneem uh, van dit hele stuk is hoe ik ermee moet leren omgaan, dat ik er doorheen moet gaan, dat mm. ik ervan moet leren en dat ik het nooit en nooit en ten nimmer meer mag negeren. Mm. Dan moet ik maar een moment zoeken en, en een manier waarop ik het breng of het mag me niet meer overkomen, wil ik bijna zeggen. En stel dat het me dan overkomt, dan hebben we dat proces van jezelf vergeven, et cetera. Mm. Maar ik wil het gewoon niet meer. Dat is wat dit stuk echt, echt in mij losgemaakt mm. heeft. Wow, wow. Wow. She said, what this piece taught her, that she, you know, as, as of now, that she can no longer, you know, ignore that she has to learn from it, go through it. Uh, can use it, but most of all, that she never ever wants to just ignore it and not deal with it, mm. and 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 working on. And when this happens, I will have to do something about it. Mm. And if by chance it happens again, then then being aware that then comes the work of having to forgive myself and extend grace and all of that. But to start with the shift that has taken place for her about no, I want I want to you know deal differently with this concept. Mm. Yeah. That's beautiful. Thank you, Grace. Thank yeah. you for that. <laughs> really wonderful. You're welcome. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> Is there something in this chapter that raised questions? Nou, wat ik uh, bij mij wel, hè? Want kijk, ik heb dan, ik heb het gelezen. Nou, het is niet echt een vraag misschien, maar ik keek er wel even van op. En dat ging over de schoolkalender. Die daarop is aangepast. Kan ik wel. Oh, this is funny. This is funny. So. Yes. Yes. Even companies are closed. Yeah. Yes. So, so Grace is sharing one of the things that that struck her that she wasn't aware. So one of the things I talk about is about in the Netherlands, it's so much a part of the culture. There are certain parts of the country. Hmm. So in the southern part of the country, it used to be uh, predominantly Catholic. They celebrate carnival. 
And so the school, the national school calendar has been adjusted <laughs> so that they have their holiday at a certain time so they can celebrate carnival as opposed to the, you know, and so, you know, yeah. The school calendar is, is tailored specifically so it can be gezellig in the southern part of the Netherlands yeah. during carnival. That's, yeah. yeah. I mean, but, but to show you how much it is part of yeah. the culture, mm-hmm. how important yeah. it is. Yeah. And when we think about the Jordaan, we think about it's gezellig. Yeah. And, Same. you know, yeah. the cafes yeah. and the singing and, and that's, you know, so of course you want it to be gezellig. That all that contributes to how normal it is of the Dutch culture. And was really talk about talk to international people and what they have learned about gezelligheid. And they I mean the most fascinating stories because all of a sudden you know when it's gezellig. It's hard mm-hmm. to explain to people, <laughs> but you learn like that's gezellig, yes. that's not gezellig. And it's a Dutch thing that you just have to learn by by living in the Netherlands. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. The school calendar, yeah. The school calendar. People yeah. are serious. <laughs> so Miriam, do, did something raise questions for you? Or a question? Uh, not really, because um, reading it, I, I, it was very, uh, how do you say it, um, uh, recognizable mm-hmm. to me. Because I know the, the different situations. And uh, yes, I... I, I could understand what happened there. Yeah. So not really questions, but just, uh, yes, as I told you, it, it just raised questions about my uh, my inner feelings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. But that's beautiful. What it did to me. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah that's yes. beautiful. Yeah. Thank Great. you for that. Mm. Thank you so much, both of you. Yeah, really <laughs> nice. So is there something yes. that hasn't been said that you really want to share for now? About gezelligheid, or maybe something completely different, something from the chapter we haven't talked about yet. When is the book coming out? I need to read the whole book. I want a pre-sale. A pre-sale. A pre- oh, no, I'm yeah. not pressuring you, but I just need to read it. <laughs> I need to no, learn. It's, um... <laughs> it's coming out very, very, very soon. Yeah, this year. So yes, you know, I, I just year. I talked today about doing a book tour in um in May. So mm-hmm. um so we hope to do the book tour in May. That's that's the goal. Yeah. You're coming yeah. to Suriname. Of course. I, I must. I must. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, not, I, I have to chaperone to. you, right? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Can you please keep me in touch when um, when you have the book... Uh, release? Yes, the book release. Yeah, yes, of yes, course. yes. You're all on the special VIP now. Yes, list now. yes <laughs> you know? definitely. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. And, th- you know, and thank you so much for this. Yeah, I mean, great. you know, you... You write from the heart and you write to share. So it is, it is so nice. It's like, yes, you know, mm. that it, that it, yeah. Yeah. You don't know how it will touch people, but it's always, so this but is. It did. Uh, it did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. It's really nice to hear. And I really like these conversations. So. Yeah. Gran Tangi, Grace, <laughs> Miriam, yeah. Aminata, of course, for sharing your thoughts and everything you experienced during the reading but also after i'm really thankful for this conversation and um, yeah thank you all for listening
before we sign off, we would like to give a special thank you to our guest today. Thank you, Podcast Studio Amsterdam, for producing this podcast. And thank you, our audience, for tuning in and spreading the word.